Well, grab your Bible this morning. Numbers chapter 23, beginning with verse number 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. And the shout of a king is among them. You can be seated this morning. As I was reading this the other day, two or three, four days ago, something like that, this particular phrase stood out to me. We have, many of us, no doubt, are familiar with verse number 19. God is not a man that he should lie neither the Son of Man, that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? These were, I, I, I taught from this particular story maybe three or four weeks ago, the story of Balaam and Balak. What happened here in the book of Numbers is God's people are in the wilderness and Balak, uh, who is uh, a resident of one of the countries that they are in, passing through in the wilderness, calls Balaam, and he wants Balaam to curse God's people. He looks at the mass of, of millions of people, and it wasn't just that they were moving from one place to another. But it's when three million people come walking through your land, they eat up the resources, drink the water. It takes a lot to keep three million people moving. So Balak calls Balaam to try to curse God's people. And it is Balaam who tries three times to curse them. But all he can do is bless them. It's out of the mouth of Balaam that we've, that we've read this scripture. And no doubt many of you here in the room today have, have held on to this and are right now holding on to this word from God for something that the Lord has spoken to you. Is God a man that he should lie? 
neither the Son of Man, that he should repent? Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? What he was essentially saying is, is they are going to make it all the way to their destiny, no matter what I try to say or don't say. The hand of God is upon them, and there's nothing that I can say that can reverse the blessing of God that is on this nation. When God blesses his people, when God gives them a destiny and a purpose, there is nothing the enemy can do to reverse the purpose of God that will happen amongst his people. Now, there were people amongst the, the, the children of Israel that came out of the land of Egypt and the book of Jude talks about how thousands of them fell in the wilderness. God brought them out of sin. And he had a destination for them, which was the promised land. But there were those that came out of sin that tasted of the goodness of God, but that fell in the wilderness. In that in-between stage, they didn't make it from Egypt to the promised land. It was the will of God for them to go. But because of certain circumstances, it might have been for immorality, it might have been for murmuring and complaining. It, it was a, a number of different reasons why, and the book of Jude talks about it, and, and he gives it to us for our admonishment about seeking God and the purpose of God and what God is doing in his people is that just because somebody came out of uh, the the, uh, the land of Egypt does not mean necessarily they're going to make it all the way to the promised land what God has intended for them. But as a nation, as a whole, God knew that his people were going to make it all the way there. He was going to get them there one way or another and God had to allow the, the nation of Israel or the, the Jewish people here, the, the, the children of Israel, he had to allow so many of them to die in the wilderness and for a new generation to come on to enter into the promised land. But as uh, while this scripture is one that we're familiar with and, I, and I've referred to it many times and, 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 and read it countless times and have and have held on to it as the promises of God. It goes a step beyond that, that when we read in verse number 20, Behold, I have received commandment to bless them, and he can, and he hath blessed them and cannot reverse it. He hath not, uh, he hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. Now, they obviously have not entered into the promised land, so King Saul, King David, King Solomon, all the kings of Israel and Judah have not come on the scene yet. They, they have not had an anointed king amongst their people yet. But Balaam makes this declaration that a shout, the shout of a king is among them. Now, I believe that there is, obviously when reading in scripture, there is 
scripture that applies to the context of its original meaning. There is, there is a context for scripture, what it specifically means. But I also believe that there are layers of truth that go beyond just the surface. You have to be careful. You have to uh, uh, make sure that the Holy Ghost is opening something up to you or showing you something in Scripture. You can take Scripture and twist it real quick. But I believe that there are layers of truth beyond just one surface meaning. What what he is, is declaring over the people of Israel is that they are a kingdom of people. Even though... They are in the wilderness. That there is a shout among them, the shout of a king, even though they are in a dry and a desert place. They, they have not entered into the promised land yet. They, 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 uh, they, they have no belongings. All that they have at this point is what they took from the Egyptians while they were leaving Egypt. That's all of their possessions. And whatever clothing they had that was ultimately provided to them in the land of Egypt. That's all that they have. They are in the desert. They are in a dry place. They are in that in-between place. They have come out. They're not what they used to be, but not. they're not where God is taking them. How many of you have said at one time or another, I'm thankful uh, that I'm not what I used to be, but uh, uh, God is taking me somewhere new. I, I'm not what I used to be, and, and I'm not what I'm trying to be, but thank God for what he's already done in my life. I think that applies to every one of us in way, one way, shape, performed that I'm not everything I want God to do in my life, but he has brought me a long way, and I'm thankful for that this morning. They've seen progress, but there is something that is, is within the DNA of this people that is, that is already being spoken of by Balaam. They have, they have not crossed the Jordan River yet. They have not captured the city of Jerusalem yet. The city of Jerusalem was captured and conquered by King David. They have not captured the city of Jerusalem yet. This is, none of this has come into being yet, but still there is the shout of a king that is among them. What this is saying, and, and he says it in verse number 20, Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and, uh, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob. Now, if you read the story, it seems like there's a lot that's going, has been going on amongst God's people. A lot of, you just read, you read the story, there's a lot of, there's a lot of silliness that went on, a lot of back and forth and a lot of doubt and a lot of murmuring, a lot of complaining, immorality and sin uh, that, that happened on, on a number of occasions. But when Balaam looks at them, he says, I don't see iniquity in them. That is self-control. Iniquity is the sin of self-control. And he says the shout of a king is among them. So he's 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 beginning to as a prophet, he's prophesying over them and and he's Balak tried to get him to curse him, couldn't curse him. He could only 
prophesy what the Lord said, and that was they are blessed, and he blessed them multiple times. But he refers and begins to, it's like he he puts his toes into the water of prophesying even as far down as the coming Messiah. It's as though Balaam begins to prophesy, and, and, I, and this is where I feel like there are layers of truth that he, is, that he is stepping into here that go far beyond just the here and now of the wilderness experience that the children of Israel are in the middle of. They are in the middle of a dry place. They do not have a home. They, they are an absolute no man's land where they are completely reliant every day upon manna from heaven, they are completely reliant upon water for them to drink and for all of their, their, their animals to have, to have uh, uh, something to eat and drink. For everything that they own, they are in complete reliance upon the Lord. And Balaam begins to talk to them about what he sees and what his spiritual ears have already heard. That the shout of a king is among them. What he is what he's partly referring to here is their submission to the leading of the of the spirit of God. Is their complete and 100% reliance upon wherever God leads them, they will follow. Yeah, they've had some some uh, some hang-ups and some setbacks along the way. But as a people, they are still following after God. They are following after his leading. The, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud is, is still is leading them, and, and God is taking them through the wilderness. And there is submission to his will. Wherever God leads them, they have to follow. They don't have a choice. If they want to go where God wants to take them, they cannot get there their own way. They cannot go at their own pace. But they must follow the leading of the Spirit of God. There is authority that is expressed amongst them already. You look in, uh, I won't get into this too too much, uh, but... Uh, throughout Scripture, there, there is, from the beginning to the end, we see that there is more than one throne that can be exalted in the life of an individual. Every one of us will have to decide which throne is ultimately exalted in our life. There is the throne of iniquity that can be exalted in my life, meaning I make my decisions and I I live my life how I want to live my life. I am in control of me. But then there is the the throne of righteousness where God is in control completely and totally. You see, one of the the difficult things about living in America and being blessed as we are is we can somehow get the idea that living for God is somehow like being an American. I get a voice and I get a vote. And, and I'll give God a thumbs up or I'll give him a thumbs down. I'll give his word a thumbs up. I'll give his word a thumbs down. I'll, I'll, I'll redact this from, from uh, my reading if I don't particularly like it or if it doesn't line up with what is comfortable for me. We'll take that black marker in our spirit. We'll just, we'll just let it go because if I'm not careful, I can exalt the throne of iniquity in my life. 
and ignore and allow the throne of righteousness to be put down and be a law unto myself. But the ones that are going to be named among God's people, like Balaam said, that have no iniquity among them are the ones that completely and 100% submit to the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is not the president of his people. He is not a senator or congressman. He is not a representative. He is king. He is king of kings and he is lord of lords. He is 100% in control of everything that happens in the world that we live. He is the one that puts up kings and puts down kings. God is in control of everything all of the time, 24 hours a day. We, we, can, get, we can get caught up in wondering if God... God really is, has anything to do with the current events that are happening in 2022, but let me tell you that God is still in control. He is on the throne today. He is still the king of all of creation, and everything bows at the word of our king. For the Bible says that where the word of the king is, there is power. How many believe that there's still power in the word of the king today? Somebody shout amen. Oh, somebody shout amen today. Hallelujah. There is already the sense, or you could say it was already in the DNA of his people that there was a shout of a king among them. That while the, the history of, of the Old Testament would take a little while to develop, hear me this morning, it would take a little while and God would give them a king even though he did not originally intend for them to have an earthly king in, in King Saul. He would give them one because they wanted it. He wanted to ultimately be their God and their king. And in the wilderness, in the dry place, there is already the shout of the king that is among them. Let me tell you today that even in the dry place, he is still in control. Even and in the place where there seems to be no growth and it seems to be dry and there's no water readily available and, and it seems like there's not uh, things happening like you want it to happen in your life. He is still king of kings and he is still lord of lords even in the wilderness, even in the dry place, even in the desert, he is still in control. He's still in control if I let him be in control. Balaam said there's no iniquity among you. That's the only way that he could say that the shout of a king was among the people because he looked at them and he did not see any iniquity, but he saw a blessed people, a people that were following after God, a people that were hearing the voice and the leading of God, a people that, that, that were not following their own rational thinking. And it made no rational sense to do what they did. Moses was following the leading of the Spirit of God, of the voice of God that was leading them from one place to another. It did not make sense to the rational mind, and so he had to be completely submitted to the will, to the kingship of God, and that shout of the king was among them underneath all of the things going on in the wilderness, underneath all of the of maybe the, the question marks of the dry place that they were dwelling in. You may be dwelling in a dry place this morning, but he's still your king in the dry place. 
Oh, I'm thankful that he's not just the God of, of, of when everything's going good or, or even when there's just catastrophe. Oh, there's a lot of people that come to God when things are going good and then when things go bad, they get mad at God and turn away. And then there's other folks that when things go bad, they realize how much they cannot control things and come running back to God. But then there's times where we're just walking with God and walking with God and following his will leads me into a dry place. Let me tell you about the dry place today where it seems nothing is growing. He's still king in the dry place. There still can be a shout of the king in the wilderness because he's leading me somewhere because he is my king and I am not on the throne of my life. And when I know that he is king of kings and lord of lords, I'm going to come out of the dry place. I'm going to come out of the wilderness. There is a future and there is a purpose in my life. Lift up your hands and give him praise this morning all over the house today. Hallelujah. I don't know who I was talking to recently. It might have been Brother Marsh or Brother Lockwood. I'm not sure. We were having a conversation about how angry Joshua and Caleb must have been for 40 years. They are the only, they are the spies that come back from the land. And these two are the ones that see what God can do. But there were 10 spies, the Bible says, that brought up an evil report. It wasn't just a negative report. It was an evil report. And, and furthermore, they began to share their evil report. That's why, that's why the Bible says that God hates those that sow discord among the brethren. You know what discord is? I had to look it up. I just thought it was talking bad about something. Did you know that's not what discord is? Discord is simply this, the sharing of a disagreement. Woo. Woo. That, the Bible calls it an evil report. The Bible doesn't say he hates discord. He says he hates those that sow discord. The Bible tells us that God actively hates those that are willing to share their disagreements. This is what got uh, uh, millions of people a death sentence in the wilderness is because they began to stir up their disagreement with where they thought God was taking them and what he could or could not do. And so 10 of the spies come back from the, from the promised land and, and they begin to say we are grasshoppers in our own sight. And, and there, there are giants in the land. And, and, and they begin to stir up all of what the Bible says was an evil report about where God was taking them. And it was Joshua and Caleb That brought back a good report. And they began to say, we can take the land. We can, we can go where God wants to take us. We can do it. It, 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 must have been, it must have been 40 years of Joshua and Caleb fighting a bad attitude. Oh, they got to spend 40 years of their life and it wasn't even their fault. Every day they wake up and gather manna. They're thinking, man, we could have grapes today. We, we could be, instead of waking up in a tent, we could be waking up in a house today, but someone. 
someone didn't think we could do it, so here we are. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that, yeah, uh, they were human like anybody else. They were probably ticked off for 40 years because they knew what God could do. They knew that even though they were in the wilderness, God had a purpose for them because there was something within them that knew he is our God and he is our king. They already, it seems like maybe, I don't believe this is stretching scripture too much to, to have an understanding that my God, they had an understanding of kingship and authority and he is king and what he says is powerful and what he said he was going to do, he is going to do and Balaam comes along the way when, he, when Balak tried to get him to curse God's people and he says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent hath he said and shall he not do it or hath he spoke and shall he not make it good that's something that every believer has got to get in your spirit for the dry place and for the wilderness season because I promise you the longer you walk with God you're going to enter into that dry place and that dry season where you've got a grasp on what you know God is going to do where you see in the distance the blessing and the favor of God where you see in the distance that God is going to take me somewhere but right now I'm in a dry place hath God said it and shall he not perform it God's going to do it because he is king God's going to do it because he is Lord of Lords God is going to bring forth his word because he still is in control I'm telling you, when you get a hold of the word of God, you can shout in the wilderness. When you get a hold of the promises of God, you can shout even in a dry place. You can shout when you're eating manna because you know that grapes are on the way. You can shout when you wake up in a tent because you know that a house is on the way. You know the promises of God are in him, yea, and in him, amen. Oh, hallelujah. Let's clap our hands to Jesus and give him praise this morning. Oh, yes. That, that dry place doesn't diminish the fact that God is still God. It doesn't change the fact that he is still king of kings and he is still Lord of lords. The dry place is not an indicator of whether or not God is in control. It just means that this world is not my home um, and I'm just a passing through. It, it, it just means that this is a temporary position in my pursuit of God, in my pursuit of the promises of God. This is just a temporary place because there's coming a day where I'm going to approach the Jordan River and I may have had to wait longer than I I wanted to wait and I may have had to live in a dry place longer than was comfortable but I'm going to tell you that there is a shout of a king that is among his people even in the dry place, even in the wilderness even in the desert God is there and his promises are still true hallelujah had a dream last night I was sitting right here in this chair and I don't know who it was in the dream all I could, all, all, all that was in the dream is that my that bishop had invited some preacher to come and preach, and I didn't know who it was, and he just felt to have him come, and he came, and he came up on the platform, and I looked out, and 
and people began to file in the room and file in the room and finally it got full on the floor and then I looked down and I, when I looked up again there was bleachers that were all the way around and the bleachers began to fill up and there were preachers from other cities that began to come and 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 when I the, the only way it occurred to me in the dream was that there was two, there's two or three thousand people in here and I'm sitting right here on this platform I'm telling you you, you don't see it right now but I'm telling you where the word of the king is there is power There may be a dry place happening, but there's a promise from God that is before us. We're not going to eat manna forever. We're not going to be in the desert forever. It's not going to be dry forever. You've got to hang on to the promises of God because God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said and shall he not do it? God's going to make it good. You've been hanging on to the promises of God for a while. It's time to believe it again, even in the dry place. Don't look at the dry place and judge your God by your surroundings. Don't judge your king by your surroundings. Don't judge your Lord by your surroundings. It may be dry, but there's still the shout of a king. There's something within our spiritual DNA that says, I know I don't see it right now, but God is worthy of praise and he's gonna take me through it. He's going to see that it is done. His word is not going to return void. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter who tries to curse God's people. It doesn't matter who tries to do what, say what, combat. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. When God has given direction, when God has given a promise, when God has given us a destiny, there is, there is no adversary. There is nothing. There is nothing that can be said. There is nothing that can be done. There is, there is no combatant that can come against God's people and bring their demise. When there is a promise land waiting for them, when God has given promises and when God has, has spoken to his people and God has led them even into a dry place, you can count on it this morning that God is not going to, he, he is not going to let down on his word. He is not a man that he should lie. He, neither the son of man that he should repent. God is going to do it. God is going to make it good. It was because, it was because the fact that Balaam looks at them and he says, I see no iniquity in them neither perverseness in them. They have not tried to do it their own way. They have followed the leading of my spirit. They have, they have, not, they have not exalted themselves above me, but they have followed me. They have followed me into the, dry, into the unsure place. There was that initial excitement when they came out of Egypt, but then they wound up in a desert and I bet some of them were like, man, we didn't think this through. Yeah, it's a good thing you don't try to think through the will of God because it makes no sense to you. And if I try to think through the will of God, I can get discouraged real fast. I can look around and see and see desert and see uh, 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 
tumbleweeds and I can see shrubbery and I can see stones and rocks and I can see a wasteland where, where nothing can grow and nobody can can really inhabit and nobody can can really do anything in this in this dramatic wasteland but 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 when I know that God has led me and I know I've got a word from God and I'm following the leading of the spirit and I am wholeheartedly I am wholeheartedly seeking after him and reliant upon him that's when God can look at me and see I see no iniquity in them they're not trying to do their own thing and do it their way but they are following me they're following every word they're following every direction they are 100% sold out to me I see no perverseness in them that's when God's people there's something that's in our DNA it doesn't make sense to the carnal mind and it doesn't make sense to the world but I can have victory in a place that looks like it's a lacking victory at all I can have victory in a dry place I can have I can have victory in a a deserted place I can be encouraged when other people would be discouraged I can I can have faith when other people would be lacking faith because I've got a word from God and I've got a promise from God and I know God is leading me into his promises Forty years. You know, I, I I just wonder like what what it was what it was like for Joshua and Caleb when the judgment of God came down. Like if they were just expecting God to do away with those that didn't want to go, and they thought they'd immediately move on, and then the voice of God comes to Moses and says, You're gonna wander for forty years. And Joshua and Caleb are I believe they were 40 years old when, that, when Joshua was 40 years old. He would be 80 years old when he would lead them into the promised land. He's watching in his mind, thinking to himself, the strength of my life is going to be gone when I enter into the promised land. All because of unbelief. This is affecting me because of someone else's unbelief. This is affecting the whole nation because of someone else's unbelief. But God had a purpose and a timing. And within them they knew that he was in control of it all. And the shout of a king was still among them. There was still a shout of a king. There was still the recognition God is still in control. Stay with me this morning. There's going to be a day where the manna is traded for grapes where the tent is traded for a house that you did not build oh what I feel I feel I feel a, 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 an advancement in the kingdom of God I feel it in the Holy Ghost would you lift up your hands and lift your voice right now to the Lord all over the room right now 
and just declare that and claim that in, in your life right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, it may be dry right now, but there's, there's, a, there's a place that's ahead of you. Yeah, other people may have made decisions that held you back. That's all right. God is still in control. God is still in control. He's the king. He is the king. Would you gather with me close around this altar this morning? Hallelujah. God's come here to encourage somebody this morning. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands all over the room right now as high as you can get them right now and I just want you to lift up your voice unto the Lord and begin to continue to, come to, to claim the promises of God. God, you have not messed up. I am not off of your radar. You have not left me alone. But God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I lose a shout of praise and a shout of thanks and a shout of faith among God's people because the promise is on the way. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. God is going to perform his word. I want us to begin to give God praise right now. Hallelujah. I want you to praise him in faith and advance. I'm not asking you to feel it, but I want you to lift up your voice and praise him for the promises that are coming. Praise him for the miracles that are going to take place in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, you're going to pour out your spirit. You're going to pour it out in this place. You're going to pour out your blessings in the name of Jesus.
Yeah. 